Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel for a surprise early in the week show uh, for the podcast that is dedicated to the team that is still the heart and soul of Edinburgh, still the club that runs the capital when it comes to football and the side that still has won more derbies at the home of their rivals than said rivals. Of course, heart of Midlothian. Um, we're back early, Mark Donaldson. I'm Laurie Dunsire, joined by American citizen Mark Donaldson. Hello. <laughs> did you get a fright? Didn't expect <laughs> us, did you? <laughs> a, wee, a wee Wednesday treat for you. Just a, a little positive half hour or so. Just looking back at the derby. Not talking about Aberdeen. Not talking about who the hell we have at the weekend, St Mirren or whatever. But just wallowing in glory, having said all but a few days ago, we didn't give a toss about the derby. We do now. <laughs> yes, it's it's amazing what a late derby winner can do. And Mark is completely right. We are going to give you a, a snippet of positivity. Um, we're doing it early because Hearts, of course, will play again. Um, <laughs> Just in case. Maybe by the time you've listened to this. So we did want to have a little bit of focus on the positive side of things. Don't get me wrong, we're not suddenly saying everything's rosy and the issues we spoke about before have all gone away long term. Um, there might well be some more problems to dissect in just a few days. Yeah, but, but not for now. Not, not for, for now. For now, we are going to be talking just about the Edinburgh Derby from Sunday and just um, as much as we can, positive. That's going to be a hugely positive podcast, which isn't something we've had uh, an awful lot recently. Um so, I guess before we get right into the game, um, let's listen back to the goals from Sunday's Edinburgh Derby at Easter Road. So, plenty of incentive for both these sides to start climbing the table if they can. Draw would see Hearts lift themselves off the bottom, a goal difference. But here come Hibbs at the moment with Malin, 30 yards out, goes for the pile driver. What a hit! Stevie Malin with a fantastic goal! And what a start to the second half for the Highbees. Less than two minutes in. And it's a goal of supreme quality from Stevie Mallon. His first of the campaign. His first in the Edinburgh Derby. And what a way to get it. Picked the ball up a good 30 yards from goal. And he sends a curling right foot shot into the top corner. And it's first blood to the Highbees. Hibs one, Hearts nil. Corner taken short. Back to Meshino by Mulraney. Floats into the area. Better waits. Gets his head on it. Ikpiazu trying to get it down. Stabs yes. it towards goal. And it's in. And it's that man again. Easter Road. Uche Ikpiazu. Who levels things up. It's an untidy goal. But they all count the same. Christoph Berra nods it down. And Ikpiazu somehow forces it towards goal. And it goes underneath. Chris Maxwell in the Hibs goal. And with 20 minutes left, we're all square in Easter Road again. Hibernian won. Hart to Midlothian won. And they come away with the ball now. Hearts with Meshino into the Hibs half. Goal scorer Ikpiezu on the left. Driving forward, gets around Porteous. Good play by Ikpiezu. Still has it. Looking for options. Has Mulraney with him. Back to Hickey. Edge of the area. Aaron Hickey. Deflected shot. Oh! It's in! Aaron Hickey scores for the Jambos! What a moment for the young star! Hearts have turned it around in Easter Road! Massive defense. Delight to the Dunbar end! Bedlam in the south stand! 
Aaron Higgy with his first hard goal. And suddenly the Jambos lead. Silence around three stands at Easter Road. Hibernian one, Heart of Midlothian two. Aaron Hickey with the goal. Take over, Jimmy. <laughs> you calm down, that's no good for your heart. Well, I mean, you take it back to Machino, he breaks the middle of the party, gives it out to Uchi. Uchi standing on the edge of the box, double shuffling the ball, waiting for a bit of movement round him. He just throws it into Hickey. Hickey hits it with his right foot. It looked like it was on target. Takes an unbelievable deflection. And once he's got the top spin on it, it looked like it was always going to come down and nest in the far corner, and it did. And that away end is absolutely bouncing. Look at them. <laughs> Are you settled down there? You can do. There's a lot of people into your ground at you, by the way. Right we could be under P. <laughs> So those were the goals from Sunday. All three of them. Oof, are you okay? Goodness <laughs> me. Having been there and having experienced that, there's very there's very few things that give you a buzz, like commentating on a, a dramatic Hearts goal <laughs> in an Edinburgh derby. Well done, so that was that was fun to listen to. It's it it is excellent fun and it's you're probably the same boat as me. I do often miss being in that Dunbar end. Um, especially for the big goals, you know, I've been there for big goals. I'm sure you have as well. But um, not in the Dunbar end. Nope, never. No, no. I guess nope. I guess change days. Well, I mean, I was I was there for the likes of the Stamp winner and the Presley winner. But you would have been in my current position back then. Yeah, so. and I, uh, the Foster goal was probably one of the last good memories. But that was terracing. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. think I've sat in the in the stand behind the goal. Uh, for an Edinburgh derby as a as a Hearts fan uh, because mm. I've been commentating. There you go. It's one of the. <laughs> it's funny because we get a lot of tweets back, and it always happens. Um, you know, oh, brilliant, Laurie, brilliant. It's like it's. It, I, I like I like to take credit for things, but it's just. It, it's very easy to win over Hearts fans when you commentate on a winning goal because you just basically go ratch and act, yeah. like, act like one of the fans behind the goals but one of those things and it, it's fine I've listened back to it and probably like you do as well you critique yourself slightly like oh god what am I talking about but one thing very quickly dawned on me probably two or three minutes after the goal was that I'd missed an opportunity to drop an absolutely fantastic line like when I I'll give myself credit for one of them. I I, I did drop Turkish Delight when Alan scored, yep. but Hickey's at the wheel. I was like, oh, why did that not pop into my head after Aaron Hickey had scored against Hickey's now going off the road Hibs team? But ugh, one of those things, and you just can't get the opportunity back. Uh, Hickey's at the wheel. Yeah, because the Hibs fans were all singing Heckies at the wheel for for Paul Heckenbottom during the time when it was looked like looked like he was going to be a good manager. Oh, I had no idea. That, so you, oh, you're sure it would have been. Ah, it, yeah. it would have been lost on me because I lost on you. Oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, anyway, let's we're digressing already. Um, so <laughs> fantastic, fantastic scenes um, at Easter Road. But we'll take it back a little bit because we are just focused on the game. So. Before the game, it didn't quite feel like it did at 84 and 95 minutes. Odd feeling going into the Derby game like that. Not particularly looking forward to it. Obviously feeling a bit glum about things. Um, and then we got the team in. There was four changes. We obviously expected changes to the side that lost to Motherwell 3-2. Um, but no Stephen Naismith, which was released quite late on in the day. Um, still suffering from a hamstring problem. 
Um, Colin Doyle went out, Jamie Brandon went out, Andy Irving and Stephen McLean. So in came Pereira back in goals, Michael Smith, uh, Loic, Demur and Ryotaro Mishino. Um So it was a weird one. I don't know what you thought when you saw the lineup because I noticed everyone... Um, Joel, Joel scared of um, Terrace was doing the evening news updates. I was speaking to him at the game, and he's like, "Everyone's telling me I don't know what I'm doing because it's a back. They're telling me it's a back four. It can't be a back three, but it is a back three, and it, it was set up to be a back three. But it didn't look like it from the personnel that were out there. No, and uh, Hickey on the right hand side, just being used to seeing him on the left. Uh, Mulraney as a wing back. I don't mind him as a wing-back. I just don't like him as a, a left-back. I mean, look, when I saw the team, it was it was like, yeah, much of a muchness. It mm-hmm. wasn't until kickoff, and, and this is what we thought might happen um, when we when we did the podcast last week. It's the kind of, it's the apathy, it's the everything kind of being dragged down to this kind of just frustration and, and whatever. And we hoped that come kickoff time, the malaise wouldn't dissipate, but it would be an Edinburgh derby again. And it kind of was, it, it kind of was, but it was the ending. It was the way it ended. It was, it was the getting the goal back, getting the winner. It was, it was just the way things happened. Has it changed my mind? No, it's, it's this is the whole thing. It's not changed my mind. I was able to wallow in glory like mm-hmm. every other Hearts fan. And we haven't been able to do that. And as everybody has said since then, we hoped it would be. If it's the start of something, then brilliant, because what a way to start something. But if it's if it's not, then again, we're not going to go down that road today. This is this is the positivity. I was going st- to yep, yeah, stop as, you there. There you go, exactly. I know, I know, I know. As far as the team is concerned, isn't it funny? It's not the starting lineup that won us that game. It's the tweaks and the substitutions and the formation and the team that was on the field after the 67th minute when Irving had come on for Demur after Morrison had come on for Clare. That was the team and those were the players that ensured Hearts beat Hibs 2-1. Interesting though, um, looking at the starting lineup. Now before the game, a few of us in the press box were debating, okay, it's a back three. Who is going to be wearing the back three? Um, because I... Um, had said surely it'll be Smith on the right, Berra in the middle and Halka on the left, simply because Smith usually plays on the right of the defence um, and we know that Berra has struggled often on the, the left side of the back three, but interestingly Chris um, Chris McPherson son of Dave, who works in the media team, um, said he thinks the best thing to do would be put Michael Smith in the left side of the back three because Mulraney is the less defensive-minded player and Smith can sort of slot in into a full-back role more naturally when Mulraney's going forward. And I, I, I could see the logic behind that and you could see it from when the game started that Michael Smith often did drop in to more of a full-back role when Mulraney was going forward. So I can, I can see some of the logic behind what um, Craig Levine was thinking. And back three has worked for us reasonably well at Easter Road in recent times. So I think I, I called it a 3 4 2 1. So your back three we spoke about Hickey on the right, Moreni left, Demure Whelan sitting, Sean Clare, and uh, Ryotaro Meshino supporting Uche Ikpiezu up front. Um, but the first half, now I know you were watching it work, so um, not always as easy to 
get a full picture of the game. But the first half was sort of what we all expected. It was a game of two teams that looked bereft of confidence and, you know, passes were going astray. Nothing was really coming together. It was an awful game of football the first half. So I don't know if much more needs to be said about the first half no, at all. No, but let, let's move on to, to the two changes and, and what happened after Morrison came on for Clare and Irving came on for Demur. Yes, so Hearts obviously found themselves behind two minutes into the second half and as much as Stevie Mallon, I don't think, did much in the game overall, as many people have said, his main attribute is his fantastic ability to strike from range. Um, so he only needs that one opportunity. Terrific goal, 30 yards out. Maybe a few question marks over Pereira from that range, but I think you, you have to give the the attacking player the benefit of the doubt there and say it was a really good finish. Um, and at that point, I think you know confidence was really low. The Hibs fans and... Hearts fans were almost in unison suggesting that someone was going to be losing their job in the morning and you know the heads were really down um, and this is where we've really got to give the team and especially Craig Levine a lot of credit because just past the hour mark he makes one change then he makes a second so the two changes are the ones you mentioned Sean Clare goes off first of all Callum Morrison comes on a couple of minutes later uh, Demur goes off and Andy Irving comes on um, some people were debating whether it was a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-3-1 um, you could argue for either of those, depending on when Hearts were in advanced or retreating positions. But I called it more of a four-four-one-one in commentary with um, back four, Hickey left back, Smith right back, uh, Moreni and Morrison wide left and right respectively. And the, this was the difference between that um, Meshino was supporting Uche in more of a number 10 role, trying to find pockets of space in the middle of the park. So we haven't maybe seen it enough us thinking about these changes and really adjusting the way a game was going because although Hibs, I didn't think, had been particularly great in any respect, Hearts hadn't tested them at all. But that gave them a whole other dimension to deal with because suddenly Morrison, who I think was a big change, I wouldn't say he affected the game in a direct sense an awful lot, but just having that width and stretching the play a bit, it gave Hearts a lot more. The fullback started to get forward and I think... A couple of players I want to pick up on here that we haven't mentioned yet. Glenn Whelan, I thought, was superb throughout the game. You can see that quality. He's 35, but he just dictates play, and he's not going to. He's, he's not necessarily going to charge about and be able to expel maybe the energy throughout a game that he could in his younger days, but he's got a very smart footballing head, um, someone we need in the middle of the park. And another man who I thought came more and more into the, into the um, forefront of things in that final quarter, third of the game, was Meshino, who is, again, someone we haven't had and we desperately wanted, someone who links the midfield to attack. And I thought that started to really tell, just him just dropping into little pockets of space and turning, just playing simple passes, going forward. Those type of things were a big difference. And I think you've just got to credit Greg Levine for shuffling the pack and seeing that it wasn't working. And it's funny because... I heard it on the, the Terrace podcast, actually. It was a very good point. You often, you know, Hearts have been criticised for playing maybe poor football at times and maybe not enough creativity, not enough um, measure about how they're going and attacking teams. Going 1-0 behind with all that pressure on you, you would think that they would almost revert more to just desperation, firing it forward to Uche. But it's odd. They played some of the best football they've played for a while in that real pressurised final 25 minutes to 30 minutes and I think that says a lot you know we've we've criticised a lot of the players we've criticised the manager and rightly so I think but credit where it's due that was a 
massive 30 minutes for them. Two things. One, a lot of credit goes to Craig Levine yep. for yep. changing things. Um, it's for another day, the whole, well, I shouldn't have started with that. I don't care. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't care. I'm gonna, Craig Levine deserves credit for turning things around. Two, it was a forget about the consequences performance after the two subs. Now, it's easy to say, well, why didn't we start, start with that? Look, everyone's an expert after the event. But I think, I think Craig Levine can learn from this. The reason I say the phrase forget about the consequences, and it's interesting you're, you mentioned what the boys on the terrace were saying as well, because there's two things that could have happened. One, what they said, and the, the nerves and whatever, and it's just like one becomes two, and it's just one should have become two. And, and that's the thing. Holberg had that glorious yeah, chance, yeah, yeah. but he missed. Now, you say there's a turning point in every game. Maybe there is. Maybe that was it. But we grabbed the bull by the horns. And it was a forget about the consequences performance. It was a, oh, well, if we do that, what's going to happen? And to be fair, there is an element of, of that's the way Craig Levine is as a manager, an element of, of kind of caution about that. So maybe, maybe he'll learn a lesson from that as well. And the lesson is that we've got good players. Yeah. There. We've yeah. always said we've got a good squad. Just let them go. Let them be free. Don't don't fill their head with mints. And I'm not saying that that's, that's what's happened or that's what happens with players, but just let them go be creative. We now have someone, and Joel Sked wrote a good piece in the evening news about this, um, how Meshino is a player who, whether it's because he's young or just because he's talented or whatever, he, he's not a consequence player. He just goes out and is himself. Yeah. He, he, he's the type of player we've not had for a while. He's a Jean-Louis Valois. He's a it could be a three out of ten one week and probably get hauled off after fifty minutes. Um, but I think that's going to be in the minority. I think he's the type of player who who doesn't care about what the consequence is. He doesn't worry about what might happen. And and maybe it's the freshness. And people talk about playing in an Edinburgh derby. And I remember the derby was it was it under Cathro or which one was it at Easter Road? It was a cup tie, I think. And it, it wasn't on TV. And people were were using um, Periscope and, and whatever to. to well, watch it happened it. twice. It happened twice. It happened under Nielsen Nielsen and Cathro. It was the Cathro one. There was loads of debutants and whatever, and and we got absolutely smashed that night, and de- and deservedly so, um, from that, because there was there were a lot of, of new players who were playing in a derby for the first time. Um, that you can still have a lot of debutants and and, and play well. I mean, Meshino has never played in a derby before, but it, it it's it's all down to how they've been prepped and who they are themselves. And suddenly we had Callum Morrison, who's got a point to prove. He he struggled um, before he got his injury, if you remember. He came into the team and he was great uh, last season. Then he, he, he died off a bit and then was pretty poor. It was inconsistent. Then, then he got his injury. But he's playing wide right. The credit to Craig Levine for, for tweaking it. So you've got a back four of Hickey, Berra, Halkett and Smith. You've then got your two holders in Whelan and Irving. And in essence, it's the front four. And I know they've, they've kind of had different positions, but I just, I love the fact that it was a, it was just a, who gives a fuck? Excuse the French, right? Just, <laughs> just, just go and do this. Because as the boys on the terrace were saying, you know what? It's going to go one of two ways. They can, they can head off back into their shell or they can, they can just go and express themselves. And Hibs didn't really know what hit them. It was, it was pressure upon pressure. And that's what following hearts used to be like. And there's a wonderful Twitter account 
called Football Limbs, L-I-M-B-S, and I've not got a bit of it called. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, so basically they show the video of, of a particular goal and then they give it an out of 10 for Football Limbs. Football Limbs being, what's what danger to your limbs from the celebrations of, of, of those around you and what could happen when you stand up on seats and whatever, just the chaos that erupts. And they gave they gave a winning goal from Hickey an eight out of ten, which is which is pretty good um, for a celebration. It was unbridled joy. They changed it to a and ten. It, they changed it to a ten when they got a different they angle. Did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, oh wow. Oh, there you go. But <laughs> do you know what? I mean, there's always the, the there's the delight of seeing that. There's always the jealousy aspect, and, and well done to every single Hearts fan that bought a ticket for that. And I think they either did or nearly sold out the away end, which is is decent. It's three and a half thousand um, plus behind the goal and a lot of them probably went there thinking I'm not overly confident about this but I think they got what they did and I don't know why I tipped the hearts win I wasn't confident but I just I just thought well that, let's 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 be uh, straight here it was Ava Grace that tipped the, the she, hearts no, she got the right score she, she, she got 2-1 she nailed it at the end of, of last week but I just let let them be them let the players go and be creative expressive against Aberdeen, against St Mirren. Don't fill their head with all oh, tactics and, and formation and whatever. Just concentrate on the basics and, and, and then, then just let them go and be them. Let them go and be what they were for the last 20 minutes. Because I tell you what, you'll, you'll quickly have not fans changing their mind because it's going to take a lot more. We're not going to kind of suddenly say last week it's the end of the world and then now it's the best thing in the world. We're not going to be like that. Just, just, for, be... the, just for this half hour we are, though. Just yeah, just for this half hour. But I'm not right now. It's not about Aberdeen. It's not about St. Mirren. No, no. But it's about it's about the last 20 minutes, the freedom they played with, the the fact they were able to express themselves. They played without consequence. And a couple of things to highlight. Uh, obviously, Hart's got the equaliser in the 70th minute. <clears throat> Meshino with a cross following a short corner. Big Christoph Berra with a knockdown. And a man who I want to give a little bit of focus to for maybe the next minute or two between the both of us. Uchek Piezu getting the ball down. He did so well to force this home. He's got a lot of Hibs players around him. Just gets it down, stretches a leg out, somehow stabs it underneath the goalkeeper. Um, not the... The tidiest of goals, but a goal that said a lot about his determination and his strength in those positions. Now, he obviously gets an assist as well for the winner, but I thought this was a game where you're like, that's what we want from Uche. Because I think he's an, he's another that we've criticised, and again, I think rightly so. Um, but I thought he was terrific in that second half. He gave the Hibs defence no end of problems. He held the ball up superbly. You know, they couldn't get around him because of his frame, but he was bringing players into it. He wasn't just pointlessly getting drawn into battles with defenders for the sake of it and getting himself a needless yellow card. He didn't get a yellow card in this game. And you could see him growing in confidence and he did look a lot fitter than he has. So I think there's maybe a lot of his struggles to the end of last season, maybe the start of this season, have been his lack of fitness and obviously been struggling with injuries since the latter part of last campaign. But I thought he was brilliant. Um, dragging Hibs defenders left and right. And, you know, Porteous, I don't think, will come up against a more difficult opponent in recent times. And I think he was one of the big positives for Hearts. Agreed. We asked a few weeks ago, where's, where's Uche gone? 
can, can we get the Uche? He's a streaky player. If you remember, he only got three goals in the league last season. He scored at Kelly in August, and you thought, okay, right, this, this is good. This is a promising start. But it wasn't a case of a goal scoring after that, before he got hurt. It was a case of players playing pretty much close to him. If you remember the start of the season, up until October, it wasn't Uche's goals that helped Hearts get top of the table and, and clear and whatever and go on that run. But he was he was a big part of the team when he played, and mm-hmm. players played close to him. Defenders were occupied by him. Space was created as a result of him, and that's more of what we saw against Tibbs. It might take time, but I think now that he's he's got his his second goal this season, um, we we were really keen for him to get off and running. He did so against Motherwell, and it was just like this huge big weight off his shoulders, a big sigh of relief and. I mentioned he was a streaky player because he scored in March and he scored in April. That's now him scored two in the space of eight days. Now, again, I'd like him to get more goals, but if we're getting the same Uche that we got um, in the first couple of months last season when he was fit, then we're getting a guy who... I follow him on Instagram. I love the big guy. I've never met him. I just There's something about him. I just I love... Uh, his, he's, his a passion, he's a passionate guy. He, he is. He is every Hearts fan in a maroon jersey. He is, is not so much loving the dream, and he's not a Hearts fan, but he's got a point to prove. He wants to use this as a springboard to get to a higher level. No problem with that whatsoever, because if he does get to a higher level, he's only getting there if he plays well for Hearts. But he's going to put every single thing into it. The one thing I would say about him, maybe he tried too hard prior to getting his goal. I don't know. He, he Maybe he wasn't 100% fit because I think he started the season. He wasn't quite there yet. But he's he's a handful. Look, you can, you can put a big lump up front. We had Gennaro Zifuic, um who, who played up there. And he, he was a big lump. But Uchi's powerful. And at the first, well, I think it was the first five minutes. And he'd been penalised a couple of times at Easter Road. And I thought, oh, here we go. More of the same. But if he stops kind of trying to get involved with with defenders, and you're right about Porteous having a tough game. I also think you're right in, in wanting to highlight him. And he could be a big player, because when we've been putting our teams together, and just before we end today, I'm going to give you something I sent you earlier on WhatsApp. I'm going to give you when everyone's fit by 11 going forward and the formation I'd like us to play in. He wasn't featuring in many 11s, if you remember. At the no. start of the season, we asked. It was Washington, and Uche was in the odd one. I think he'd be in more now if he continues this form, because he was a handful, he was excellent, and you saw what it meant to him when you scored that goal. And then the assist for the second, big team player. And thank you for for kind of isolating his individuality and his performance. Two more players. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're not going to spend too long on this podcast, but I want to quickly touch upon two other players. Um, One who was just back in the team. And I think it's telling that he was back in the team and the team did far better than they have been in recent times, and that is Michael Smith, who has been one of my favourite Hearts players for the last couple of years, pretty much since he's been at the club. I've argued with a few people, they know who they are, um, about Smith's um, value to the team at times, because he's had periods where maybe he's not the most spectacular player, but I think he very rarely plays badly. Um, And more often than not now, he always seems to play at least well and sometimes I think brilliantly and on Sunday you know he started left centre back role often covering left back he got moved to right back I just think he's another one that we need in that team because he's a calm head he takes the ball out he thinks about what he's doing um, 
And I think someone like that in the team is crucial. I, I, I would keep Smith for as long as we possibly can. I know he's obviously over 30 now, so you know he's not one that's getting any younger, but... I, I, he's he's one of those. I think he's one of the captains on the pitch as well. I don't think he you know he doesn't wear the armband. That's obviously with with Christoph, but such a big player for us and such a, a versatile player as well. You know he's played centre midfield for us and done well. He's played centre back and done well. He's played in the middle of the back three, left of the back three, and he's played right of the back three, and he's played both sides in terms of full back. And I always think he looks very comfortable wherever you stick him on the pitch. If this was a normal um, podcast, an hour long or so, then. I would answer that and then go off on a three or four minute tangent, <laughs> come back to Michael Smith, and then uh, we'd continue. Can't add anything that you have just said to it. Agree with it all. And welcome back, Michael Smith. Okay, well, I'll go on to the, the player that I wanted. to. I know there's, there's lots of other players who deserve praise, but we, we can't go into everyone. But one I think we have to talk about a little bit more, um, the man who became the youngest player to score for Hearts in the Derby, at least since World War II. Um, records are a bit hazier earlier than then. Um, the man who joins the likes of Stephen Presley, Phil Stamp, David Abua as scoring the winner to turn around a game completely for Hearts after trailing at Easter Road, Aaron Hickey. Now, it's a goal with... It's a massive deflection that takes it in, but um, it's a goal that was brilliant for so many reasons. One, because... The quality this guy has at 17, I think, is incredible. And you, you saw it at points in the game, not just the fact that he played on both sides of the pitch, and the fact that he's almost completely two-footed, in what people tell me. But he's so calm when he gets the ball. Some of his first touches, I think, are brilliant when the ball's maybe coming out of the sky, or he's under pressure. He's just, he keeps so much composure, which I think is great to see in someone that age. Um, <laughs> and the way he celebrated was absolutely incredible, I thought. You know, I've never seen someone move so fast on the football pitch, let alone move so fast after scoring, the way he sprinted to the Hearts fans. And I think, you know, he's a player that I think will earn Hearts a lot of money at some point. Hopefully not too soon, but in the next couple of years, you know, if he continues that sort of progression, I think he'll be going places. But that moment, I think, will probably stick with him for a long time, no matter how high his footballing career takes him. And hopefully it's very high, but... What a moment, and what a guy we have in our hands. And he can't even celebrate with a drink. Exactly, yeah. It didn't stop Uche still giving him the alcohol after they deliberately gave it to Uche uh, because he couldn't because he couldn't get it. We're, we're very fortunate at heart, certainly in the time that I've been watching them. And, and left back's always been a position of pretty pretty strong. But it's been a, a position of strength mm-hmm. over the years. And, and not so much style, but... There's there's a similarity between when Gary Naismith came into the side, and we all remember his man-of-the-match performance against Celtic, or those of us of a certain age do, when he won a bike in the Coca-Cola Cup yeah. after the, the four players had been sent off at Ibrox the previous Saturday. And there was an element of Gary coming into the team and kind of... Gallus is a wonderful Scottish word. It was usually used to describe... James McFadden and those of his ilk. And I think to an extent it was used initially as when Gary Naismith was a youngster as well, in that nothing phased him. He looked like he belonged. And with some players, with uh, Scott Robinson, if you go back when I think he was Hart's youngest ever player um, for a time, uh, we obviously had Harry Cochran. It's like like when you were talking about Chris McPherson earlier, you you never talk about Chris without saying, uh, son of David. You know what I mean? It's always, 
when you spoke about Gary Naismith or when you speak about Aaron Hickey or Harry Cochran or Scott Robinson back in the day, it's always the X-year-old, the 16, the 17 or the 18-year-old or, or whatever. Um, with, with Aaron Hickey, age is, is, I think we've, we've stopped kind of talking about him because we know he belongs. You play like that in a cup final. When you believe that you belong on that stage, and he's, he's taken it into to this season. The thing I love, especially about Aaron Hickey, is not the fact that he makes mistakes, right? Because everyone's going to, we all make mistakes, and you're going to make more at that level, but he's keen to learn. Remember Aberdeen, first yeah. day of the season, yeah. when he got sent off, and Naismith went straight over to him after that and just gave him some advice or whatever, and he learned some things. He, it's very difficult in, in, in life when you've suffered something that is, is not ideal um, to shake things off and to bounce back quickly from it. Different people take different times to bounce back from different things. But with Aaron Hickey, it's, okay, I've made a mistake. Fine, I'll learn from it. Everybody makes mistakes, right? But if you only make a mistake once and you never make it a second time, that's good enough for me. It's when you make the same mistake over and over again that there's a problem. He doesn't. He learns from things. And I, I just thought it was it was brilliant. And you know what? See how everybody went across to him. And I know it's a derby and I know it's a winner. That told me a lot. And afterwards as well, there's there's no doubting that the players are behind the manager. There's no doubting that the players have a team spirit among themselves that they believe they can get out of this predicament. And when you've got someone like Alan Hickey, and I don't even care what age he is now, I'm not going to mention his age with his name anymore because he has shown he belongs there. He started off as a right wing back. He then played left back when he scored the goal and got forward. It's just enjoy him while you can, because I don't know how long we'll have him. But if he continues to progress, and we've all seen in the past, that's, there's no guarantee that that will happen. But if he continues to progress the way he has done so far, he can do whatever he wants. Okay, before we finish up our uh, slightly shorter early week surprise show for you, um, Mark's boo. Uh, boo. We're, well, I don't think it's going to work now. We're a good thirty minutes in at least. It never worked the first time either. Well, yeah. It's, it's nearly Halloween. Come on. That's over a month away. Just okay. Oh, I, have you have you ever been to the states? Jesus Christ! Is it already, got, it's already got, started, oh, is it? Oh my God! So every, every like Fourth of July, Independence Day, right? Star Spangled Banner, everything's up. The minute the Fifth of July comes. It's Halloween. I'm like, come off it. And then Thanksgiving. It's the next holiday. Christmas. Hi. I've got to pay attention now to being a citizen to be. <laughs> Jewel, though. Not give it. Oh, that was one of the things. Do you pledge that you will uh, give up your uh, allegiance to any other country that you may be um, whatever to? So, yes, yes, whatever. I had to stand beforehand and give an oath. Just in some bloody dark, decrepit office, uh, do you swear that everything you say is the truth and blah, blah, blah? I say, yes, whatever. Um, I didn't really want to wear a T-shirt that said, fuck Trump. I didn't think that would be a good idea. <laughs> anyway. We should, we should, we should say, because um, if someone hadn't tuned in last time, I, I know I made a brief mention of the citizenship. Mark has just been doing his American citizenship exam test yes, yes. um yes, i just realized i don't think we've actually can if someone's just tuning into this they will probably not know what on earth we're talking about um more so than normal 
So that, that's, that's why we're going on this tangent. Yeah, so there's a ceremony in December. I will become a dual citizen. I will have to pledge allegiance to the United States and the flag, which I will do. But it means, what does it all mean? It basically means that if Hearts TV suffer a massive blow and Laurie Dunsire goes off for a five million pound a year deal in the Middle East and they're looking for a commentator <laughs> and they invite me back to work for free, which of course I would do. I would be allowed to come back to the United States, work for Hearts TV, stay for more than a year without coming back here and then be entitled to return. Because right now I have got to come back within a year of departing the United States or I lose my green card. There you go. I, I, I actually think it's more likely that I will get a five million pounds a year deal in the Middle East than, well, than I would work for free. Than that you would work for free. Yeah, okay. Fair <laughs> point. <laughs> anyway, right, okay, so before we go, you're gonna give me um a a fully fit heart to live in, which would be a wonderful thing. When I first sent it to you, did you because I, I did one of these a, a while ago and it was in a four three three formation, but it was before we'd signed a couple of players. Uh, when I first sent you to this, what, what did you think? Your first thought. And I'll read it out in a sec. What was your first thought when I sent you this? That it's close to what I would pick, and I, I've yeah, not it, I've not sat and thought of one, but I think the but si- it's decent. Yeah, it's the decent, system. I think the system is what suits our squad best. Okay, here it is. Right, four two three one. Joel Pereira in goal. Smith, Suter, Halkett, Hickey as your back four. Whelan and Haring sitting, Walker, Naismith, and Meshino with Uche or Washington in attack. There you go. Fully fit Hearts 11. It's a good team. It's never going to happen. It's a good team. And you've got, you know, if, for instance, we had a miraculous fully fit squad, you've you've also got plenty of options on the bench with very capable players as well. So I'd, I'd happily see that team. Okay. I don't really have anything more to add because whether we'll ever get to see that team is a whole other matter. But Yeah, I read today about Naismith being out for another couple of weeks with a hamstring. They don't want to take a chance. But Haring may be back soon. Walker may be back soon. Suter may be back soon as well. So we're getting there slowly. Yes. And I'm, I'm glad this is not a, this is a brief um, bonus podcast. It's not a Levine this, Levine that. It's a... Well done, Hearts. Well done, Craig Levine. Well done, backroom staff. Well done, players. And well done, every single one of you who was there at Easter Road on Sunday. Because, my God, it might not have started well, but I'm sure you enjoyed your Sunday evening after what happened in the last 20 minutes. Indeed. It was a very enjoyable weekend. In the end, thanks to the team. Thanks to Craig Levine. And, of course, especially thanks to young Mr. Hickey, who got the winning goal. Um we will be back later in the week. We're going to try to come back later in the week and we'll probably have more to talk about and more general... Negative. Back to normal. Shite. Get them out. <laughs> like that. Maybe, but maybe not. Hearts will play Aberdeen. Um, they maybe have played Aberdeen by the time you hear this because they play Aberdeen on Wednesday evening in the Betfred Cup quarter final. Uh, we are recording this Tuesday night, so this should be with you for Wednesday morning. Um, so we'll be back later in the week to talk about the Aberdeen game and maybe have a look ahead to St Mirren. Um, but for now, we're just, as Mark put it, wallowing in the glory of another Derby victory. And I think to see us out rather than... Um, think of a random song that Mark won't know what it is. I'm just going to play some other triumphant Craig Levine Edinburgh Derby moments. Points for 
across. Levine with a header and a ball in the net, and it's John Robertson, I think, getting the final touch. Tipped by a powerful header from Craig Levine, right through the hip defence. Good play by McPherson, there's Houchin back defending. And a great goal by Levine. What a magnificent volley by Craig Levine. What a vital kick this is. A pressure kick for Stephen Presley. But he's found the bottom corner and our hearts gonna rule on Derby Day in Edinburgh for a change. That's a terrific penalty. Gary Wales into the area, De Vries, no, surely not. De Vries into the area, knocks it down! Four goals for Mike De Vries! This is incredible! Jancic plays it across to Phil Stamp. Stamp into the area. Jancic, Stamp through, chance, shot, goal! Phil Stamp, unbelievable scenes in the Edinburgh Derby! Phil Stamp has scored in the last minute! I have never seen scenes like this in my life! Edge of the Hibs walks over the Lee, goes for a left foot shot. What a finish by Oli Lee! Oh, what a goal from the Hearts midfielder! Left footed, sensational into the top corner! Adam bogged down with no chance! Back to Hickey, edge of the area, Aaron Hickey. Deflected shot, oh, it's in! Oh, Aaron Hickey scores for the Jambos! What a moment for the youngster! Hearts have turned it around in Easter Road! Delight to the Dunbar end, Bedlam in the south stand, Aaron Hickey with his first hard goal, and suddenly the Jambos lead, silence around three stands at Easter Road, Hibernian one, Hartman Lothian two, Aaron Hickey with the goal.